Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Keeping an Open Mind podcast with Samuel. And today is the day before football. And when I mean football, I mean the NFL. Yes, I know there's college football today. And yes, I know my Florida's being Arkansas right now. They're facing the old quarterback in Felipe Franks. But Kyle, Kyle Trask would definitely make a pick up this dub again. But maybe tomorrow I might do a recap. But as of right now, it's going to be strictly NFL, baseball, maybe a little hip-hop. Who knows? But first, a word from our sponsor. Roman Marcel is a great up-and-coming fashion designer who has all types of clothing lines for male and female, which ranges from shoes, joggers, sweatshirts, jeans, and many more. For more info, follow 4ZIR underscore Roman on Instagram or check out his website at Roman Marcel Young Fashion for more details. Now, let's get back to the show. First, we got to start with Thursday Night Football with the Colts visiting the Tennessee Titans. All I have to say about this game is Rivers showed up. He actually passed Moreno to be fifth in all-time career passing yards with, with a performance of 29 for 39 passing with 308 yards, a tutty and no picks. But the story of today is special teams. More importantly, the Tennessee Titans special teams. Coming into this game, they had the third punter in weeks, and this man shanked a 17-yard punt that put the Colts on their own 18 to work with a short field and finally score. He also got a punt blocked that led to a scooping score, which is never good. Plus, they also had a missed field goal by Hall, Hall of Fame candidate, in my opinion, going to be a Hall of Fame candidate, St- Stefan Goskowski. I know he's old, but he still missed a 44 yarder. That's about his age. <laughs> no, I think he's like 41, but still pretty close. I mean, that wouldn't have made a one procession game. He has had four missed field goals and two missed PATs, which is most in the league. What happened to Goskowski? And then the Tennessee Titans defense gave up 430 yards, but they did get better on third downs, which forced the Indianapolis Colts to only convert 4 out of 12 on third down conversions compared to the 55% um, that they were giving up, which is league worst. But in this game, they also struggled They also struggled on fourth down conversions, trying to defend fourth down conversions. They went three for five. So the, Colts, the Colts might not have it on third down, but they definitely had it on fourth down. The real question is, since we're midway through the season, who's going to win the divisions? We're going to start with the AFC North since we're already on that topic. Actually, I'm sorry. We're not going to start with AFC North. We're going to start, start with the AFC South since we're on that topic. This is really only a two-team race. The Colts just regained um, division lead against the Titans. I know it shows a tie, but with this victory, they do have the edge now. Uh, I do think the Colts are not gonna make, uh, are not gonna win the division, but the Titans will win the division. I just feel like they have a little bit more power. I like to coach a little better. Virgil, uh, Tannehill is doing a little bit better. The defense needs to show up a little bit more. Again, special teams just need to just get better. Then you find themselves a punter. Then you find themselves 
kicker that Gaskowski can mentor. Like, keep Gaskowski on the squad so he could be a little mentor. Like, Udonis Haslam, he just signed a, a one-year, like, $2 million deal with the Heat to be a mentor. That's what they should do with Gaskowski and a young kicker. But they'll try to ride the wave with Gaskowski, and they keep on doing that, then I don't know. Maybe it is the Colts division. But in my opinion, I do see the Tennessee Titans winning the division. The Colts will be fighting for a wildcard spot uh, uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders ten, um, and the Tennessee Titans if they want to do it out in, in the division. Also, the Miami Dolphins are in the wild card for the AFC. But I just do not think Miami has it enough in the tank to, um, you know, make a run for it. They did beat the Arizona Cardinals, though, so who knows? Before we get on to other divisions, I just have to say, the weekend will be at Super Bowl 55. It will be the halftime show. So I don't know if y'all are excited for that. I don't really watch the halftime show. The only halftime shows I remember is the Justin Timberlake, um, when he ripped the boob, uh, I said the boob off of, the, when he ripped the star off, so revealing um, Janet Jackson's boob, uh, Beyonce's, uh, Madonna's, and I don't remember Prince's, but I did watch uh, Prince's halftime show, and his, his is a top three for sure. But we're going to move on to the AFC West now, and this is a pretty easy choice. I mean, KC should win without a doubt. Um, this is a two-team race still, though. The Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, re- weird to say that still. Las Vegas Raiders did beat the KC Chiefs, but also lost to New England like a couple weeks before they beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, they might still slip into the wild card. Like I was saying, um, they've got battle between the Colts and the Dolphins and even the Titans since the AFC South is really close. But, I mean, I just feel like the bottom feelers in this in this division, the Chargers just blow leads after leads after leads, and Denver just really inc- inconsistent. They just don't really... I mean, they have Drew Locke, but he's... he's the most inconsistent quarterback out there outside of Nick Foles. Yes, sadly, I have to say Nick Foles. But for the AFC North, it would definitely go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just, I don't know what's going on with Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, last year, he was he was going crazy. He was an MVP. He actually started throwing the ball like a quarterback. Now he's starting to go back to him being just a running back, just running, but he's still doing great on his feet, but... That man's overthrowing. He's shortening his passes. He's n- making the wrong reads. I do think Pittsburgh Steelers will go 14-2. and two. And I just don't see Baltimore getting over the hump. In two weeks, Baltimore faces... Oh, I'm sorry. In two weeks, the Steelers face Baltimore. So that that's going to be a big-time matchup to decide. And two weeks after that, they face the Bills. And besides that, the Steelers really have... A coast to the playoff spot. I mean, they, if they lose to those two games and win the rest of the games that they're expected to win, they'll be 14 2, like I predicted. So, I mean, I, I hope that I hope the Ravens come back, but they're probably gonna make the wild card. Um, the Browns are just a fake good team at 5 5 and 3. They have Odell out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. Uh, Baker's not really Baker. I mean, he's still young, but this is his third year. This is when he needs to accelerate his progression. Um, Baltimore's key matchups for, for the rest of the year is Pittsburgh in, in, in two weeks, Tennessee in week 15, and then the Browns in week 16. Actually, no, week 15, correction. 
But um, they should beat the Titans and the Browns. They're probably going to lose to the Steelers unless they want to actually show up and Lamar can actually, like, pass the ball and not get contained in the pocket. But my opinion, the AFC North goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 14-2 record, which is amazing. They will get a bye week. For the AFC East, I mean, again, this is not even close. It's going to go to the Buffalo Bills. I mean... Miami is showing promise, but they're still young. I mean, I don't even see them making a wild card, honestly. Like, next year, oh, yeah, they might even take the division. But, like, the, but the chance of the Bills going 4-0, I'm sorry, the chance of the Dolphins going 4-0 in the next four weeks are a high chance. And those next four games, they have to face the Los Angeles Chargers, who always be blowing leads. The Denver Broncos, who are just inconsistent as hell. So, I guess they could lose that game if they want to show up. But, I mean, the Dolphins, they beat the Cardinals last week. I mean, come on. Don't sleep on the Dolphins. But, I'm still going to sleep on them. And then, the Jets and the Bengals. Oh, I, I saw, oh, the way I call them, the Bungles. I mean, after that, they do face KC. So, they're going to go into Kansas City. 4-0. Actually, 5-0 in the last five games. So that would put them at 10 and, what, 10 and 3? Wow, okay. The Dolphins might actually have a chance. But in my opinion, I do think the Bills will edge out the Dolphins. Dolphins may have a chance to the wild card. I still don't think the Dolphins will make the wild card. The wild card spot will probably go to the Raiders or the Colts or the Titans, depending on who wins the AFC South. But that's all it really is for the AFC. I mean, for the NFC... We got the NFC East, which I don't even want to talk about. To be honest with you, I'm sorry. But when you, when the first place team is three, four, and one, and the next team is two and six, and the, and the two bottom feeders are two and seven, the whole division is bottom feeders. Like, whoever wins ain't gonna do nothing in the playoffs. I do think Philly's probably gonna win. They're looking a little bit more experienced than everyone else. Uh, Carson Wentz, I mean, that's the only quarterback in the division that actually can lead a team to a victory. I mean. Washington, they don't even have a name. Like, come on. They're, they're starting who? Like, I think Alex Smith, right? Yeah, no. Like, he's not, he's a shell of himself. Um, Giants, Cowboys, don't even want to talk about them. NFC East, the Phillies. I said the Phillies. To, uh, to the Eagles. But same thing, right? I mean, you might as well call them the Phillies. Overrated. <laughs> but for the NFC North, um, sadly, I, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Green Bay. But it's still too close to call. I mean, there's a bunch of division games down the line. The Bears, Packers played two games later on this year. Um, the Bears just have no offense, man. The defense is looking sharper than last year. Roquan's looking like a beast, maybe a defensive player of the year candidate. Rodgers is just showing out, though. He heard them criticism about him falling off last year, and he wants to show them up. Detroit doesn't have enough weapons behind Stafford. And the Vikings are just too too inconsistent again. Too many teams are too inconsistent. That's what leads to the to their demise. Like they have a quarterback, Kirk Cousins. But he's the most I wanna say in, inconsistent. He just really he's really good against bad teams, but really ass against good teams. So that's what makes it that team bad. They do have Delvin Cook that could torch whichever defense he wants but I this is a two-team race I, I do sadly think the Packers will take it but
but the Bears could have a chance at the wild card unless the NFC West just wants to take over and get two wild cards in there. And talking about the NFC West, this is the closest division I will ever talk about. Like, oh my God. I want to go with the Arizona Cardinals, but with that recent loss to the Dolphins, it's like, do I really? Like, I have to go with Seattle. Like, they just have the most experience. Like, Wilson's MVP candidate should win MVP. He's my midseason MVP this year. Um, Arizona will probably make a wild card. The Rams will probably miss the wild card unless the Bears want to start choking. Just choking the lead away. But we're also forgetting about the NFC South, though. They also have two teams, and they're really only two teams because the Panthers aren't going to do anything. And then they have one more team in the division, which ain't going to do anything either. But, I mean, like, it's probably going to be Tampa Bay. I know, I know, I know Tampa Bay just lost to New Orleans 38-3. But that's against Tom Brady. You know Tom Brady ain't going to let that slide. He wants his revenge. Like, come on. New Orleans only has one potential loss, uh, and that would be in Week 15 against Kansas City. The rest of them, I do see them winning. Tampa Bay has two potential losses, and that's in back-to-back weeks, Week 12, Week 13 against the Rams and the Chiefs. I do see them beating the Rams, but if Tampa Bay can beat KC, I can see them. I can see them winning the division. And I can see them going deep in the playoffs because one, it's Tom Brady. Two, they just beat the top team in the AFC. And three, if New Orleans loses to KC, it's like, okay, that that blowout win against Tampa Bay just goes out the window. But who knows? The next couple weeks are going to be interesting for the the NFC South. Um, But back to the NFC West, I mean, I just don't... I, I do not see... Do not see anyone else coming out of there besides Seattle and Arizona. I mean, the Rams, yeah, they're still in it. 49ers technically still in that 500, but the Niners are injured. I'm going to rule them out already. The injury bug struck them too. I said the COVID bug. But, um, yeah, Seattle is just looking amazing with Lockett and DK. Like, they have Chris Carson. I think he's still hurt. I have him on fantasy. I know he's questionable, but... He's been hurt recently. But Dallas, uh, uh, DJ Dallas, the backup running back for Seattle, he, he did good last year. I picked him up. He got me like 12 points. So, I mean, they have options. So, I do think Seattle will coast its way to the to division title. Um, Arizona will probably come in second. Uh, it will probably be for the NFC uh, wild cards, uh, Arizona and either Tampa Bay or New Orleans, whoever doesn't win the division. Um for the AFC, it'll probably go down to the Raiders and either Tennessee or Indianapolis, whichever one doesn't win the, the division. Again, I do not see Miami winning it. I just, they're just too young. Wait till next year, Miami. And then for the NFC, I, I mean, I'd love to see the Bears in the playoffs, but they need to show up. Come on. Mainly the offense. Nick Foles. Like, that That Super Bowl MVP is looking like a force. A force. Gold. I sound so British right there. Like he's just he's showing that he doesn't deserve that money. Like, come on, Nick Foles. Like I, I kinda want to see Trubisky get back out there. But honestly, that's all I have to talk about about the day before football. Um I can't wait for tomorrow's matchups. 
Um, it's just Bears are just not looking good this year. I mean, like I wouldn't even be surprised if they get passed by the Vikings or the Lions since they're both three and five. The Bears are five and four. So it's like, I mean, it, it's going to take them two games to surpass, uh, three games to surpass the Bears, but. I won't be surprised if we lose three more games in a row. Like, we already lost three games in a row. Like, come on. Like, crazy. Actually, four games in a row. Wow. Bears are ass. I cannot believe them. Rogers going to have an easy way to the... Uh, probably not a bye week, but definitely the playoffs. Well, now that we got football out the way, we have awards to get to. Did the AL get the Cy Young Award right? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, Shane Bieber had a one record with a 1.63 ERA and 77 in the third innings with 122 strikeouts to 21 walks. This man had double-digit double digit strikeouts in 8 of his 12 starts with a 14.2 strikeouts per 9. That's the highest in baseball ever recorded since they started recording the best stat. That's insane. This man, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians, pitched a triple. He all year. I know it was a six-game season, but he pitched a triple crown. That hasn't been seen since 2006, since Johan Santana. Santana. There we go. Then to Dwight Gooden in '85 for the Dodgers. Then Sandy Koufax. You know he did it three times: '63, '65, and '66. Dodgers have had just good pitching. From the 60s to the 80s, and even now, honestly. But damn, that's crazy. When you haven't seen something in like 15 years, that's something. If you, when you haven't seen something in 15 years that someone just did, oh, you have to give him the Cy Young. Plus, look at the stats. Like he's the best pitcher in the league this year. I know it was 60 games, but he's definitely the best pitcher in the league. For the NL, I mean, the only competition Trevor Bauer had from the Cincinnati Indians. I was about to say Cincinnati Indians from the Cincinnati Reds. And I just realized both Cy Young Awards came from Ohio. Wow. I just thought about that. But Trevor Bauer, the only competition he really had was Hugh Darvish um, from the Cubs. Uh, Hugh Darvish um, had an NL lead of, uh, what was it, 104 strikeouts to 14 walks, 2.01 ERA with an 8-3 record. I mean... I do think they picked the right one. Trevor Bauer with a 5-4 record, 1.73 ERA, 73 innings with 100 strikeouts and 17 walks. He led the NL in ERA and whip with a whip of .79. Like, he was four short from the NL lead, which was Darvish and strikeouts. But the Reds haven't had a Cy Young Award winners in 1882. I mean, actually, No. Actually, that is correct because in 1882 the Reds were founded. That means the Reds have never had a Cy Young Award winner. Congratulations to the Reds! Congratulations to the Ohio, to state of Ohio. I do think Trevor Bauer will be going probably to New York, maybe Los Angeles. Probably not Los Angeles. Probably New York, which is sad. But I mean, I just, I just don't see him staying with the Reds. I mean, he had a great year with them. Probably won't, won't be staying there, though. They actually awarded the MVPs this year already. And for the AL MVPs, the top three were DJ LeMahieu of the 
New York Yankees, former Cub, Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians, and Jose Abreu. Two Jose is top two. I like to hear that. I have a cousin named Jose, that's why. But Jose Abreu did end up winning MVP for the AL. I do think they picked the right one, even though they didn't go far in the playoffs. The White Sox just had a great bang line. I'm telling you, he was a huge force in, in that lineup, in the middle of the White Sox lineup. With 60 RBIs in a 60-game season, that means he averaged an RBI a game, bro. That's a big contribution to a victory, bro. Like, Abreu had 19 homers, 60 RBIs with a split of 317, 370, 617 slugging, and 987 OPS. I see why he won it. I definitely see why he won it. Like, it's just crazy. The last time... Someone had 60 plus RBIs in the first 60 games. Oh, in the in the team's first 60 games of that season was Miguel Cabrera in 2013. He had 67 RBIs, so he was seven away from breaking one of the best years in batting history, which was Miguel Cabrera, which was his Triple Crown year. So I mean, Jose Abreu, congratulations! Uh, I still don't like the White Sox. They are looking like they're going to be a force for the next coming years. Um, the only one I really thought that could take his spot was Jose Ramirez. But even him, I mean, definitely definitely think they were the right winner. Um, I just thought the White Sox were going to go a little bit deeper in the playoffs. I didn't want them to because I'm a Cub fan. But, I mean, just look at the lineup. Like, you can't beat that. Plus, they have Giolito, like, one of the best pitchers in the league. I mean, we also had Darvish, too. But um, that is the fourth, the fourth sock to win the... MVP behind Frank Thomas, who did in back-to-back years in 93-94, and before that was Dick Allen in 1972. He is the third first baseman in White Sox history to win MVP. So, pretty nice. He also had a 22-game history this year, so that probably helped his cause, too. Now, for the NL, this was probably without a doubt. I mean, everyone probably thought it was going to be bets just because of uh, his... A World Series run, or even Machado, because he went deep in the playoffs. But in my opinion, I think the guy is right. Freddie Freeman, the old man of Atlanta, Georgia. I said Atlanta, Georgia, like he's from there. Uh, from the Atlanta Braves. This man only had 13 homers, but he had 53 RBIs in a 60-game season. He hit splits of 341 average, 462 on base. 640 slugging and a 1.102 OPS. This man had the highest OP. He had higher OPS than Betts and Yelich, which were the MVP winners of 2019 and the runner-up um, of 2019. Like, golly. He was second in OPS to only Soto, but Soto missed 13 games. In the 60-game season, 13 games is a lot of games. Uh, he had the best OPS by a Braves player since Roger Hornsby in 1928. And he only had a .001 advantage. Jeez, Freeman had a, a year of his life. Like, I know, again, it was a 60-game season, but, like, still in the 60 games, in the 60-game spread, that has hardly been seen. I still think Hornsby had a better year in 1928, even though it's way different competition. But, I mean, 
still, like Freddie Freeman and the pitching he's got faced nowadays, that's still crazy. Like I know Hornsby had probably double the amount of games that Freeman had this year, but still, Freeman definitely deserved it. Plus he's older, so Betts and Yelich are gonna. Uh, I said Betts and Yelich, even Yelich too. But Betts and my, first of all, Yelich had a really bad year this year. But Betts and Machado. They're going to have years to come for MVP. Like, next year, in my opinion, my choice is going to be Manny Machado. Hopefully, he regroups, goes back to it, makes the World Series this year, and kaboom, MVP. But, I mean, Freddie Freeman led the MOB in extra base hits this year, which is a great accomplishment. That attributed to a 640 slugging and a 1.102 on base plus slugging. Um, in 100 bats, he hit in the two-hole, which he hit 390, bro, with a 1.202 OPS compared to batting 295 with a 982 OPS in the three-hole. Like, his two-hole and three-hole stats are so different that it makes his his regular three-hole stats look bad, even though a 295 average and a 982 OPS is amazing, bro, still. Like... That's great. That, that's how good of a year he had. He is the first MVP award in 10 years. That is his first MVP award in 10 years. I have to re, re-say that on my head real quick. After 10 years of playing with the Braves, he finally gets it. I do think he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Glad he got it. Now he, he needs to get that ring. Um, he he has been in the top five four times. He ties with Warren Spawn for second behind Hank Aaron with eight. Hank Aaron was in top five MVP only for eight of his years of playing. That that's how you know Hank Aaron is a top three player of all time. And at the moment, I'm not gonna say who's the one and two, but I will say Hank Aaron is in my top three of all time. Um, yes, Freddie Freeman does have a Hall of Fame bid. I will get to that a little bit later. But I'm going to just say Machado's stats real quick. And this is why I feel like he's going to be MVP of next year. In the 60-game season, he had 16 home runs, 47 RBIs. He Mind this, he was batting in the two-hole most of the year. With a 304 average, 370 on base, 580 slugging, and a 950s OPS. Like, if it wasn't for Freeman, he... Okay. Betts will probably won MVP if it wasn't for Freeman just because he won the World Series. But if not... If they're based off a regular season award like the NBA does, Machado would have gotten it if it wasn't for Freeman having his unbelievable year. But that's why I think Machado will win MVP next year. Plus, his team is only getting better. His team's going to make it further than the playoffs since they actually account for the playoffs a little more. Um... And I know they count for the playoffs because Betts came before Machado in the NL race with Freeman, Betts, and Machado. So I do think Machado will edge out Betts next year for the MVP. But who knows? It's going to be a longer season next year. He could have a great first half and then dip down or vice versa. So let's just see. I'm going to go back to his Hall of Fame bid for Freddie Freeman in his career so far. Because it's not over yet. He's 34. So he's still got a couple more good years left. He has 1,524 hits, 240 home runs, 858 RBIs, and with a hitting slash 
of 295, 383, 509 slugging on his career, and an OPS of 892. A 509 slugging is what really pops up. Like, that's crazy. And it's all with the Atlanta Braves. In his career, he finally gets his MVP. He's a four-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger in back-to-back years, which was this year and last year, and a one-time Gold Glover in 2018. Well, with the awards, at least, I think they got them correct. Um, the end of one was for sure correct with Bauer and Freeman. Um, with the AL, Abreu was a little iffy. Ramirez had a great shot, but I do think Abreu did, did deserve it. Um, Bieber, for sure, deserved it. Um, now, for the four that rejected the qualifying offers, are they staying or are they going? Who knows? I mean, DJ LeMahieu is probably the easiest one to decide. He should stay with New York. I haven't heard any teams rumoring to get him. Probably like the Dodgers or some big market team. Uh, but if New York loses him, they'll be good. They'll probably have Gliber move over. And then um, they have a, they have a, I forgot his name, but they have someone in the farm system who's a shortstop who's looking to come up. His ETA is like 2021, so it's next year. Crazy how next year 2021 already. Wow. 2020 is flown by. But I do think DJ will probably stay with the Yanks. Uh, if not, the Yanks will be perfectly fine, like I said. Um, next one, George Springer. Um, the only team I've seen him uh, get looked at is by the Mets. I mean, but the Mets are up here for JT Romuto and for Bauer as well. So, I mean, the Mets are probably going to swing and miss on all three. That's how Mets do. They did get new ownership, though, so that's the one thing that probably has me thinking. Um, in my opinion, I do think Springer's gone. He just wants to start fresh, put that scandal behind him. He wants to make sure he can go on with his career without that holding him back from his legacy because he's really the only one that's likable on that Astro squad still. Um, I would like to see him on the Mets. I don't see him going to the Mets. I would hate to see him going to the Dodgers, but I mean that's the only team I've heard. I mean the Mets are looking like a good candidate for the Springer. I mean new management, new start. That'd be a great pickup. Uh, JT Ramuto, the catcher for the Phillies, he's probably gonna stay. But I have heard the Yankees want him, even though they have Gary Sanchez. I mean yes, I know Ramuto can mentor him. He's a better catcher behind the plate. Sanchez can move to DH, but. I mean, I just don't see the Phillies. I mean, they're already bad as it is, overrated. I guess they do need a new start, but they, they have Bryce Harper on a 13-year deal. He, Bryce Harper's going to turn into a Mike Trout, just not a better version. Like, Mike Trout, if he had Bryce Harper's hype, like, he would have been the most talented prospect ever. But because Bryce Harper had the hype, he's the most talented prospect ever. But Mike Trout's still the best player ever. Like, and he's still playing. Like, crazy like that that man's an mvp every single year besides his rookie year and even his rookie year he did good like i'm getting off track jt removed another team um i saw that was looking into him are the Colorado rockies that came out of nowhere honestly uh but that's one of the reasons why i do think he's probably gonna stay with the phillies um the yankees over the near catcher the mets i mean new management i could see them splashing two guys bro like the mets are looking pretty good with um, with the new management, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to think. I know they just got 
a new management that, that that took care of the Wilbon family. I said the Wilbon family like it was fucking that one guy from um, Outside the Lines, right? Um, I can't find it at the moment, but the Mets are, they could make a good push. They, I mean, shit, they're in the big market. They could push for three, but if anything, I do see them probably picking up Springer and Ramuto. Um, if not, Ramuto will be staying with the Phillies. Um, and lastly, one of the biggest free agents this year is Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. And like I said earlier, he's probably gone. Um, he's about to get the bag. When I mean he's about to get the bag, he's about to get the bag, bro. Uh, he's sadly, I don't want him seeing. I don't want to see him go to Yankees or Dodgers, but he probably will go to one of those teams with the most money. But again, if the Mets miss out on Springer or Ramuta, or both of them, I can see the Mets picking up Bauer. That means the pitching squad is going to be looking good because they have top three uh, Cy Young Award candidate in Jacob DeGrom. So if they signed the Cy Young Award winner and they have a top three Cy Young candidate on the Mets, the Mets are going to be looking good next year. But... um. Like I said, Bauer will probably go into the Dodgers and Yankees. Uh, slim chance he stays with the Reds. Probably won't. He wants that bag. You know, everyone does. But, um, yeah, that's really all the news in the MLB life. Uh, the NBA is starting to shake up a little bit more. I'll probably make a video on the NBA offseason uh, a little bit closer to the draft. The draft is on the 23rd, I want to say. I ain't from 63rd. Rest in peace, King, King Vaughn. But, um... Yeah, I will be making a video on the MLB, on the NBA offseason, NBA draft. That's coming up soon. Um, yeah, let's just see what football is in store for tomorrow. I, I may make a recap tomorrow on college football. May not. Don't get upset if I don't. Um, yeah, great choice in the awards for baseball. And lastly, gotta talk about the new album. Lil Uzi Bird and Future just put, just put out. Pluto times Pl- Baby Pluto. I just been jamming out to that album all day yesterday. They dropped that album, I want to say, midnight on Thursday night? Friday? No, it was it was midnight Friday because I was going to work. Yeah, that, that, that just goes crazy. I know they have a million dollar party song. That one goes crazy. Um, I don't think there's any futures. It's just Future and Lil Uzi. Um, you should definitely check out that album. That album smacks. Smoke a blunt uh, while you listen to it. Oh, just watch some some TV. Watch some sports. Like There's college football going on. There's NFL tomorrow. The draft's coming up for basketball. Sports starting to heat up. Big... Big fella, sports is starting to heat up. Stay tuned, and y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay safe.